Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule the Galaxy fans, and welcome to another chapter of Rule the Galaxy. This is chapter 176 this week, and this is your host, D-Doc, in the pilot seat right now. Joe was uh, stuck with some travel plans, so we're holding it down. This is like the Andor theme, because it is me, Brent, and Alfie, and I'm going to go around the room and see how you guys are doing. So, Brent, I'm going to start with you. How are you doing this week? Um, I'm just upset that... uh... Joe is in space Miami and might get picked up by a K2 droid. Like, I'm just worried that he's like, he's in space Miami and going to get caught up and he's just a tourist. Like, I'm afraid he's going to go into Andor. Aside just don't from run that, be sweaty. Doing, right. Just don't be sweaty and have somebody else do something around you. Cause I mean, that's six years now that you got to go to prison. I'm good. Yeah, just, um, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying I'm good. Uh, getting excited. Uh, I know we like to bring in some of the other stuff, but uh, I want to give a congratulations, one, to you getting tickets to what, game four or game yes. five of the NLCS? It was game four. Game and the four. Original, the original tickets that my brother was trying to get were for game five. So I would have seen them clinch, but I was lucky enough to get face ticket, face value tickets. So right. it was so- the best game I've ever seen face value tickets and they had to come from behind i would like to go to that i would rather be at that one i mean the clinching does give you a little bit of excitement but yeah coming coming from behind and taking the uh taking it um, so that game started off where i'm like so excited that the pregame is electric the crowd is crazy before the game even starts and then the padres come in and score four runs in the top of the first. <laughs> and i'm sitting there just like is this going to be one of those games where i'm like so jacked up to come here because i've seen the eagles play the seahawks during the legion of boom live way too many times and i saw them <laughs> lose to the seahawks every time i would always buy the Se- seahawks tickets for some reason but yeah, they came back uh, first inning. The man standing next to me fell backwards into the row of people in front of us and took a couple people out. It was a hell of a way to start the game. He was the craziest guy in the stadium, probably. So it was it was an experience. It really was awesome. So, yeah, congratulations you know to your Phillies. Yeah. They start up they start up at, uh, on Friday. Um, whenever you listen to this, they start up on uh, Friday, what, the 28th of October. So yeah. good luck to the Phils, and uh, may they beat the cheaters. I, I love it. I love it. Thank you, Brent. I'm I'm very nervous. I'm just I've just been kind of trying to calm down after we won that Padres <laughs> series. So thank you, Alfie. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah, congratulations on the Phillies. Let's uh, see what happens next. Um, doing good, man. I've uh, Really hoping for some big news this week. So maybe next week's episode, uh, 
I'll be able to share that without jinxing myself. So we'll see what happens. Is this work related? Um, No, no, this is home related. Okay. All right. I like it. So we've got early mystery. So I I love it. Um, 50 outfit points if anybody figures it out. I know exactly. <laughs> 50 Alfie points. You'll have to tap into like his, uh, you know, phone records or his bank accounts or something. <laughs> Please stay um, away from the bank account. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got toys to buy. He's got Star Wars uh, toys to buy. Stay away from the bank account. Yes. Um, so I actually do have some Star Wars news to talk about. There, honestly, this last week of Star Wars has been pretty freaking crazy. Honestly, there's been a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, uh, some stuff scheduled and some stuff unexpected. Um, the first news I have on the docket here is this this mystery writers room in this Star Wars movie that's apparently happening now. This seems legit to me. Um, it seems even more legit to me than the Taika Waititi stuff. This seems like there's something happening. What do, what do you think? I'm going to Alfie first. Who's the director? I forget the director um, or the writer. The, not the director, right the writers. It's J.J. Abrams' right-hand man who helped him write, I believe, The Force Awakens and maybe uh, some Lost. Damon Lindelof. Lidden, okay. Lindelof. Yes, he was you know, heavily involved in lost uh the star trek movies i want to say i could be wrong because i know kazan gets the writing credits for the force awakens but i think he was pretty deep in the early stages of the force awakens basically this is you know a a fellow jj abrams mystery box guy so i don't know uh i really like prometheus i'm I know some people don't like that movie. I liked it. I, once again, just like with most of his projects, I would have liked to seen some continuation of the, you know, at at some point in these stories, you want to see the mystery box opened and explained and make some sense. And I think that's, to me, where this group of guys, you know, I will say like the bad robot guys, uh, that's where I get let down by them a lot is we never, when we get to the end, you're still going, but wait, you, there's still like seven things you didn't answer. Yeah. We just forget about them. Yep. I've heard about this one being in development, you know, uh, rumored to be in development for quite a long time. Um, right up there with the 5G movie and the Watini movie. Um, you know, uh, ideas are easy. When you're sitting in a room full of talented people, you know, just, hey, here's an idea. Let's flesh this out for a little bit. How far are they? We don't know. It's seems to be that that hurdle that Lucasfilm is having getting over that turning an idea into an actual product, mm-hmm. you know, getting down and making a script out of an idea seems to where we get lost here. So I'm hopeful, you know, everybody knows I'm a very positive person. So I'm sure that this is going to be a great project (laughs) and we're going to enjoy the heck out of it. When we finally see it, it'll be done in a timely manner and with little to no hiccups or delays. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I I agree. You hit it right on the head. (laughs) What do you think, Brent? 
no hiccups or delays, but I think we had this conversation. Um, there was some social media post, I think it was on my book face, that had The Rock. And it was The Rock actually posted it, or there was the news from The Rock. And it had a picture mm-hmm. of him 15 years ago when he was first attached to Black Adam. Right. And that movie just came out, right? So what I what what Alfie and I get back and forth into is this the idea that Marvel you don't hear about the movies that Marvel makes. That's and the not Marvel. Get, the, what I know, I know that's DC. But I'm saying we right. we get in the back and forth between Marvel and Disney. Well, and you can't say Marvel when it's a DC movie. I, I can because we get into a back and forth argument when it comes to our Marvel and DC both having Disney as the parent company. What DC I'm getting, doesn't have disney as the parent company i got you but it's movies movies take time movies go into development get put on the shelf get into development put on the shelf movies take time to get name a marvel movie that that happened to that took 15 years here's the deal man i don't follow marvel i i don't you keep saying marvel so you shouldn't have brought that up because i'm going to keep pushing back on that and i understand that you're going to do this and this is the odd couple part but what i'm going to say is in movie making it takes time he was attached to a project he wanted to make black he's also the rock 15 years James Cameron wanted to make Avatar. It took 10 years for him to make Avatar. It took 10 years for him to develop the 3D camera to make Avatar. It took 10 years for him to make Avatar. Right. I'm just, things ha- things He never time. put that on a shelf, though, and said, we're done with that for now. I don't know enough about it, but sure. It My takes point time. is... Name an actor in in current Star Wars that has the power to fight for a movie for fifteen years. Correct. Right now, there's that's no- the Rock. I completely get your argument. I get it. I and I, I agree. There's no reason why the rumored Old Republic movie that's sitting on a shelf somewhere in Lucasfilm can't be dusted off one day and remade by a different director. There's there's no reason why it can't. There, you, you, it happened with Boba Fett. Uh, we we had a movie with a sizzle reel. The director lost his mind or whatever. They put it on a shelf. It became The Mandalorian. Obi, you know, Kenobi was a movie. It was a trilogy. It was a series. It was nothing. And a guy says, "Hey, with star power, says I'll I'll, I'll come in on that project." And boom, we get a six part miniseries. It can mm-hmm. happen. But Christian Bale. That's who it, I'm holding out hope for. Christian it can't Bell. keep happening to every project that you are working on. Well, and I'm, I'm sure D-Doc's going to get to this, but another piece of news is Kath, they told Kathleen Kennedy to keep her mouth shut because they don't want people knowing that there's these, because it takes so long, they don't want the information to get out because you because keep, of this conversation that we're having. You, because you keep there are saying it takes so long. But that's not their issue is that it takes so long. Their issue is they put the cart before the horse and say, hey, you're hot. You want to make a Star Wars movie? Sure, I'd like to make a Star Wars movie. I got great ideas, guys. Let's, you know, I, I got a whole bucket of Star Wars toys right here. Here, this guy does this, blah, 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 blah. Here, here's my movie. Then we get to making it and they say, well, you know, you're too overbearing. This isn't what I want to do. All of a sudden, you know, I've got another movie that I have to work on. Maybe we'll we'll put a we'll put a pin in it for now. That that's a, a good way to paraphrase it. 
when in uh, meeting jargon here, when someone says we'll put a pin in it, when do you ever go back to that pin? For Black Adam, I, it took him 15 years to go back to that pin. It took the I, rock it, it 15 took, but, years. <laughs> and it, it, he had to build that star power to do that. But, at the right. same, but what I'm getting at is movie making is not a linear process. Movie making is no. very rolling. And if you have somebody that has that much power, they can get it made. The same thing happened. True. He said, you know, when he first became an actor, I am playing Hercules. And it took forever to make a Hercules movie, but it eventually happened. But he is the rock. I mean, think of his list of, you know, the, the Tooth Fairy movies or whatever that he made into blockbusters. You know, this yeah. name a bad rock movie that didn't make a you know a game good amount of money. money game plan people probably still showed up for it <laughs> I, I, that is one thing i would love to see is box office totals for dwayne johnson honestly because okay he does bring another interesting thing since you brought that article up because i'm going to plug this is that he said he was adamant that yeah. henry cavill come back as superman yep and they they uh supposedly just shot the henry cavill like post-credit yeah, scene I watched it. Uh, the post-credit scene like mm -hmm. a week before the release i mean it was one of the last minute like things to throw in at the end of the movie yeah but, i mean uh, dc they got a huge shake up james gunn is in charge or is it james gunn or yeah, yeah. James Gunn is in charge mm -hmm. of DC now, essentially. Yeah, you know, DC was very similar to Star Wars here. They had a long list of projects that were coming out and that yeah. never saw the light of day for one reason or another. I mean, they've got a, a movie that they actually made that will never be seen by anyone. Yep. And that's what, like, I saw, you know, I, you guys spoke about this on the podcast last week, but that one you know, higher up woman who was with Lucasfilm. Who, Rejuan, you know, changed, Michelle Rejuan. Yes, the, the one who changed her role. I saw DC make this move where they were just like, James Gunn knows how to connect to an audience. It's proved, It's been proven in his Marvel movies. He proved it when he made his new Suicide Squad movie, whether you liked it or not. I mean, I thought it was a pretty, I thought it was a good movie. I mean, I apparently the John Cena movie that he's doing or the John Cena show that he's doing on HBO is pretty he's good. And yes. And I can't help but to think if Disney's not sitting here saying, you know, we, we you know, maybe we shake things up a little bit, you know, when you see DC doing that. I mean, Star Wars is in a much better place than DC, in my opinion. I know we have our criticisms of everything, but it's like we're still getting some good stuff from star wars but it could be a lot more it could be and a lot better yeah i don't it's not and see this is with the other part too it's not disney lucasfilm lucasfilm still runs everything right disney will come in and say just like right now like right i'll let you it's a it's a hands-off until you start making us look bad which is why they came in and said kathleen kennedy and, and and I don't know to the, to the degree and I didn't I, read all the all of the stories, but it's basically like, hey, look, stop putting the cart before the horse. Stop making these announcements. Stop letting these leaks get your house in order because it's making us look like we don't know what we're doing by mm -hmm. because these people are getting this information out way too soon. All yep. it takes is the wrong person to get in charge 
and I understand that Marvel and Lucasfilm are different companies. I completely get that. But all it takes is the wrong person to be in charge to say enough is enough. You guys had your time. You yeah. peddled it away. Now we do things the mouse way. Sure. And you're going to start cranking stuff out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's a, yeah, it's only a matter of time. And I honestly, I have a feeling something's going to go down with, with Star Wars. I always Wars go back then. to because of the company that I work for. You remember when Snapple was really great? Everybody yeah. loved Snapple. And then all of a sudden it sucked. Just yeah, because, I do, actually. Yeah. Because the big company came in and said, you know what? We can make so much more of this for so much less and make a boatload of money off of it until we run it into the ground. And all of a sudden it sucked. And I don't want that to happen to Lucasfilm because Lucasfilm is a nice company, a nice little, you know, company with the story. You watch that behind the scenes. And I mean, there's a history there. There's a reason why people like the product so much after all these years, you don't want to see that get sterilized by a big corporation. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, are, are you guys good on that topic? Cause I do have another one or two news topics uh, to hit on before we go into hit these it. awesome shows. Um, number one, I'm going to hit on, and this is random and it came up tonight and I know you guys have kids and I never saw this before. Have any of you guys ever seen the Phineas and Ferb star Wars special that yes. mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't know anything about this. Phineas and Ferb show. Is it still on Disney Plus? It's on Disney Plus. My little guy randomly started watching it, and here I am looking it up. Like, is this okay for you know? He's just about six now. I'm like, is this all right for him to watch? It seems like a good show to me. All of a sudden tonight, I hear Star Wars music playing. He was in my room. I walk in there and I see this Star Destroyer with a skyscraper on top of it, and I'm like, what are you watching right now? He's like, oh, it's Phineas and Ferb Star Wars. And yeah, they did this special on it. It was great. Like, I didn't watch the whole thing, but it, it was excellent. So if any of you guys it, have kids, check out Phineas and Ferb. It's been a long Star time Wars since I've seen it, but it was very enjoyable. Yeah. It, I don't watch fun. cartoons. I'm too old uh, for cartoons. Yeah. I, I, I'm joking. This I don't want to be tonight, Brent. <laughs> I was going to say, we got a topic, uh, <laughs> you know, tonight that has to do a bit with animation. Well, it's card. What, what is, so there's the, it always bothers me. Yes, it's a damn cartoon. Like what, what's the problem with calling it a cartoon? Because then there are people that get triggered because you call it a cartoon and not an animated series. Why does it matter? Like, why does it matter? People. I will, right. But I'm just like, why does that trigger people? Like really in all of the things in the world, you're going to be upset because we call it cartoon instead of an animated series animation and cartoons to me are just one the same, and the same essentially yeah i mean you, you have like 3d animated or 2d animated you know choose choose your player it's still animation you know it's not live action so yeah finish and verb that was a random point um and then short toy talk i have toy talk on the list Best Buy is the goat of Black Series figures right now. And Alfie has mentioned it, and I was just there the other day. Their shelves are loaded. They've got deals. They, I, I know I'm putting this out there and you know, to whoever listens to us, but if you are searching for Star Wars Black Series or even Funko Pops at, at mine, the Funkos are loaded. Like They are 
loaded. Marvel Legends, everything. Those new Avatar figures from McFarland, which are incredible, which I'm adding those to my Christmas list, even though I don't even like Avatar that much. Uh, Best Buy has the toy selection. So shout out to Best Buy. And check every week online. Get the app and just look. Take a few seconds and look. They run that stuff on clearance all the time. Seriously, they had they had probably eight of the Moff Gideons for $10 and I didn't buy it yet because I had the wrong card on me when I was there at the time. So I did not <laughs> buy it because my wife wouldn't know and I bought it because <laughs> I was there to look at new computers and, you know, I didn't want to see Star Wars Black Series show up on the, uh, you know, on the list. Just a word of advice. Do not pre-order from Best Buy. Don't. Okay. But... Yeah, they are great for stuff. I don't know why they sell toys because the Black Series figures, if you just wait, a, you know, a few weeks, they go on clearance. They were loaded. They had they had all of them. They had um, multiple Leia's, uh, different versions of her in Black Series. They had the Moff Gideon. Um, what is that called? The the token uh, series. The credit collection. Credit credit collection. Um, they had all kinds of Marvel legends, which they had a Wolverine and an old school Iron Man that I was extremely tempted to buy. The two of those were beautiful looking figures. And I did see one of my cardboard uh, Black Panther figures there, which again, I'll double, triple, go down on it 10 times that, yeah, they're horrible. The screen, the, the, the display on those figures is just pure. Terrible. It's beautiful box art, guys. You're taking away credit from the graphic designers on their box art. <laughs> I've seen better stuff from individual creators on uh, TikTok and Instagram of guys who just take pictures of their figures. I like the Boba Fett one that I got because it does kind of remind me of the way Star Wars, uh, the little, I can't remember what they're called, battle packs. I, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, the little ships. They came in a box like that, but um, it's just the world we live in today. I just cannot feel comfortable buying a cardboard box like that, knowing that there is a good chance that it's either damaged or there's nothing inside or half of something inside. Yeah. And I don't really yeah. want to be that guy that opens it in the aisle. I don't want to be that person, but. Mm. Yeah. I, I do that with plumbing parts. Yeah. <laughs> I've had too many times where I've bought in a valve or something yep, like that. And, and the O-rings are missing. Took the washers out of it, you know, yeah. and, and, and then there you are, you got to go back. And I, I do that at that work happen. all the time. I, I'm guilty yep. of it. Yep. I, 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 and I'm just like, Nope, I need to, ch every time I'm in the aisle, even if it's a faucet, I'll open them up. I'll look for one that's already got those little strips taken off and I'll see what I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, people take stuff out of boxes in stores. Uh, Brent, do you have any Legion news for Toy Talk this week, or are you well, good? I was just going to bring up the Star Wars Galaxy. I pulled it up that Bring Home the Galaxy. Um, they're doing, I, I brought it up last week, StarWars.com is doing a weekly blog about toys and items to bring home the galaxy. Uh, they highlight four or five different things each week. Um, so a couple of the toys they, they're highlighting is the Advent Calendar, the Star Wars Ad Lego Star Wars Advent Calendar. Those um, are awesome. Yeah, so they got that on there. I'd possibly pre-order it, yada. 
Um, they have like, I'm going to call it like an ugly Christmas sweater, Star Wars, like Hawaiian shirt. So it's like a, a Hawaiian shirt with like a print um, and they have a picture of a family, all everybody in the family wearing it is, is there. And then another one, the other ones are toy. There's like a Inquisitor lightsaber from, um, it's the toy version, not the collector's version, but the toy version from Hasbro, um, a Darth Vader model. And then there's a Millennium Falcon. They call it a Han Solo wristwatch. So those are the toys that are there. Um, I was late getting hooked up to the show because I was painting up some black sun, um, put together my Mandos and Grogu's. I may shoot you a picture or something so you can put it out on social media when I finally get them painted. But I would like to see those. Yeah. And we have this new Clone Wars um, tabletop game that I've read is starting to hit shelves in targets. Yeah, uh, I it's, think it's from Fantasy Flight too, isn't it? Yeah, it's Fantasy Flight. It's based on Pandemic. So if you've ever played the game Pandemic or like I think the online version, it's basically a virus takes over. Um, it's a co-op. There's some sort of AI mechanic where you're playing against you as like two or three players are playing on the same team to try to stop um, the other side. So there's some sort of AI mechanic that, uh, that controls the other side and you're trying to stop it. Um, they have like an Asajj Ventress model. There's a Darth Maul, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, they look like they'll be nice to paint up, honestly. Those figures yeah. that come with it, yeah. for the price on that, it looks like it's a good value. I actually plan on buying that, even even if it's just to paint up those figures, but I plan <laughs> to play it with my brother at some point. Um, so that's pretty much what I've got uh, for news, unless you guys have anything else. Um, and now <laughs> I'm going to let you guys choose. Do we hit Tales of the Jedi first or do we hit Andor first? Uh, what do you what do you think I'll I, let Alfie I'll, choose all right it's up to Alfie Alfie can make the call I have notes um, on both of them do we want a positive conversation or a negative one which direction do we want to go I'd say let's go positive let's go positive okay let's talk about Tales of the Jedi then all right all right all right um so we have our Dooku and Ahsoka we have a six episode series that I watched all together last night after I watched Andor. Um, I watched it in order, although I could see that there were the Ahsoka and Dooku episodes were kind of separated interestingly, but I was like, you know what, this is the way they had it one through six. So this is how I'm going to watch it. Um, what were your guys impressions overall on this? Just to start, you know, we'll dive into it, but um. Alfie, what do you think about it as a whole? As a whole, I thought it was pretty good. It was entertaining. I enjoyed the Dooku episodes, I think, more than the Ahsoka ones. Uh, I have a reason for that, and I don't really consider it to be negative. Um, I just feel like we've chosen to go live action with Ahsoka now, and I think that's the way I would like to see the story go. I just don't know that there's that much left to tell animation wise in her story i think the third episode was pretty good the strongest you know story wise but i just found the dooku ones a little more interesting they had more to yeah. tell yeah yeah 
a little more mystery there. What do you, what do you think, Brent? Um, so Alfie said that this is going to be a positive, but I mean, I'm going to sit here and say that I was disappointed. Um, I was disappointed in the uh, one, my head cannon for the Dooku timeline and him leaving the Jedi order happened a lot sooner than when it did in the, in the shows. Right. So it was messing Absolutely. with my head as I was watching. I thought he had already left the Jedi order when all that stuff went down. Um, what stuff specifically? So um, I thought he had already left when, when by the time, cause what is it? Attack of the clones. Phantom Menace. Yeah. Like when Qui-Gon was, when Qui-Gon was murdered, I thought he mm -hmm. had left. I thought he had left. I think he already had left. So then why was he walking around? I mean, so just because he the was a former Jedi? The novel says that he visits the temple from time to time. He's still allowed to go and Which meet novel? with the council. Uh, is it Master and Apprentice? Okay. I, I, I've i read that there was some stuff from, um, what the hell is, Dooku has his own novel, right? He's, there's, there's a couple of Path, them. Path to Darkness or something like that. I, I forget the name of it. Um, but Brent, I'm, I'm with you on that actually, like when Qui-Gon showed up and went to go on the elevator and say, you know, we, we encountered a Sith. I'm just like, wait a second. Is this, is this Phantom Menace? Like he's just showing up and Dooku is still there. Dooku looks way too young to me for Qui-Gon to be an older man at this point. You know, I thought Dooku should have had some gray hair or something at this point. Well, you know, being a Sith, it really takes its toll on you. All, all they all they did was point his beard a bit you know like that's why i was trying to th is there is there age difference to him i thought they could have aged him a bit more i i do agree with you guys that it was a little muddy on whether or not in the second episode or i'm sorry the third episode was he still in the order or had he left right i think i'm just going off the top of my head here i i'm thinking that there's supposed to be a 10 year gap between probably episode two and three okay. because by the phantom menace he originally had left the order 10 years prior but the novels and yeah and i don't know man i i hate bringing up novel stuff in novels because i don't know if it's it, it's right. true anymore or whatever but right. his story was basically that he was respect respected enough and even yoda uh, allowed him to keep his lightsaber he tried to turn it in and yoda said to keep it and so i guess that was where i'm going with it is i just don't know any of the lore so my head canon was he wasn't allowed back at the temple so when he was doing all that stuff and when he comes back and talks to qui-gon right after qui-gon talked uh, basically right after he got out the elevator when he was talking about Anakin um, that was what I that was an issue the right. other one was I wanted to see Plo Koon I'm sorry I wanted to see how she got put into the Jedi Order now I understand that she wrote in on the on the cat and that grandma said that she is a Jedi but mm -hmm. I wanted to see Plo Koon because Plo Koon's supposed to be the one who discovered her I wanted to see that and I didn't get that. And so that mm -hmm. I'm disappointed by that. You could have seen that, but I thought we, that had already been shown in the clone wars, but there's no reason why they couldn't have shown it again. I agree with you. I mean, I, it was just a little small clip in this clone wars that I remember. Right? She yeah. was really a real small kid and Plo was like looking down at her. And that's about all. I, I mean, I don't yeah. know much about the scene, but um, 
I just I don't know. I was hoping to I was I guess I was hoping to see Plo Koon and I was hoping to see that part be told and I didn't get that. So that's why those two things are just kind of where I was disappointed. I dug the first Dooku one because I really love you could see where the turn was coming. You could see where he tapped into his anger. You can see where Qui-Gon kind of pulled him back, but you could start to see the turn of Dooku. I right. love that first one. That first one I thought was probably one of my favorites out of all six. I, I agree with that, actually. I thought that first one with Dooku and Qui-Gon was good, and it's cool to think that Liam Neeson's son was voicing Qui-Gon for that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the animation was next level, even another step up from Bad Batch, in my opinion. Um, wouldn't it have been cool to see the animated version of young Anakin possibly at the Jedi Temple during that last Dooku episode, you know, where you could have seen possibly Qui-Gon with young Anakin and see what he would have looked like Clone Wars animation wise. Hmm. Cause we never saw pod racer Anakin and, you know, any flashbacks or anything like that. Right. In Clone Wars. Um, there was one episode where you see a young Anakin talking to Qui-Gon Jinn's ghost. Okay. But off the top of my head, I can't remember how old he was, but he's in my mind, he was very young. Like add, add Anakin into that scene of Qui-Gon going on to the elevator and just him like putting his arm around Anakin and that mm-hmm. elevator starts going up and Dooku like, you know, Dooku like kind of like lightly says hi to Anakin and then, you know, you know what happens in the future. I, I thought that would have been pretty cool. Like Yeah, because... Just- in the novel, if I and like you said, there's multiple novels. I, I could be getting them mixed up, but I'm pretty sure that there is a scene of this exact moment that was in this um, episode. I almost said cartoon, sorry. Um, but from Obi-Wan's perspective, and he sees Count Dooku and is remarking on the fact that he's allowed back and that his master holds uh, him in such high regard, never has anything negative to say about him. Yeah. So I, yeah, I agree with you. It would have been kind of neat to see Anakin too. Yep. I'm sure all of the Clone Wars fanboys and fangirls were super excited to hear <laughs> Ashley Eckstein, Matt Lantern and James Arnold Taylor all get together for that episode. Yep. Which James Arnold Taylor, when my kids started watching Phineas and Ferb, he voices one of the main characters of that entire show. So I'm pretty sure it's James Arnold Taylor. Yeah, pretty sure it's him. He's one of the Phineas and Ferb main characters for the entire show. So there's another Star Wars connection to that. (laughs) What were you going to say, Alfie? Anakin wouldn't have been in this scene. I was just thinking about it. He's at the Senate. Okay. He's with Padme? He's with Padme. Because he goes back to the temple after uh, she makes her speech. The Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan go first. And they have that nice scene on the, the uh, balcony. And then later that night, Anakin is in front of the council. Okay. You're right. Yep. And I mean, I loved hearing Liam Neeson and, and seeing, seeing Qui-Gon Jinn again. I mean, uh, it was... It was fun. I wanted more Qui-Gon, honestly, involved in this, you know, yeah. which 
maybe we'll get a Tales of the Jedi Qui-Gon at some point, which would be incredible. Um, I thought it was cool to see his relationship with Dooku and everything. Um, the Ahsoka, the Ahsoka one, I enjoyed it. Like, uh, like, as you guys said, like the Clone Wars fan, like the Clone Wars mega fans, I'm sure were just like hyped, hyped as hell last night, which I enjoyed it because Clone Wars was something I personally did not come into until about three years ago, probably. So I'm a late Clone Wars fan. I didn't get it. And by season five, I understood it. I understood the love of Ahsoka. I understood all of that. Um, the one episode was essentially just Ahsoka doing all that training stuff, though, mm-hmm. and just basically getting hit with stun blasters and kind of, you know, the final scene hit on that episode, you know, with her and Rex going into that room saying, hopefully all that training paid off and you know what happens. But because that, um, epi- that was the season seven where she like the when he's going in, they're fighting because of whatchamacallit, the uh, Order 66. There yep. you go. I couldn't think of the, the name of it. So yeah, that's no. when uh, that's when he convinced her. You know, that's the uh, you know the the soldiers, my brothers line. You know, will will kill you, you and anything around us. You know, to stop what you're doing or whatever that line was. Yeah. So, it was good to get some more wrecks. We got a lot of yaddle too. What what did you guys think of that? <laughs> I'm laughing at Brent. If you're watching YouTube, you should. I mean, it was a little brutal there at the end. I have not for kids written in my notes, actually. I I didn't think this, I did not think this six episode series is really kid. Like, I I don't know that I would sit my six year old down and be like, check this out. So it's for all, well, it's aged with the people that were fans of it. I agree. Yeah. And so the people that were bad, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. The people that were fans too. Well, the people that were the fans of the Clone Wars were six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're now fifteen years. I'm how long, Alfie? I'm going to probably throw out a number out, but about fifteen years from when it happened. What are we talking about? Clone Wars. From the start of Clone Wars, yeah, wasn't that like two thousand five? I think. Yeah, okay. probably somewhere around there. I'm with you. So fifteen, seventeen years, right? So mm-hmm. these kids are about 10 years old. Now they're 27. Now they have kids. And so the people that are the fanboys, the super fans, it makes sense that you're going to make something that's going to have a little bit more maturity for them because they're, they've, it's aged and it's trying to hit those fans, the people yeah. that are fans of, those, of, of that original Clone Wars series. I just didn't understand, you know, because I overthink everything. I know, I'm sorry, but there's no way she had to know there's no way she's beating Darth Sidious and Dooku. So when she opened the door back up, why didn't she just run for a fighter? She'd already looked that way. If she'd done that, maybe she would have survived. Yeah, she was walking into an L there. <laughs> Did um Ian McDermott voice uh, sit, uh, Palpatine in this, by the way? I do believe so. Because... Uh, he didn't voice him in the show, though, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah, because uh, I was like, that's that's his voice. When I heard him talking, I'm like, that's Ian right there. I always called him Ian McDermott, the the American way, but I know it's like Ian McDermott. Like, I forget how you pronounce his actual name, like, properly. 
Um, yeah, that was that was interesting. I mean, Yaddle speaks like a normal person. So does that mean Yoda's a weirdo? I, I've always yes. I've seen a lot of people speculating on that. Like, if Yaddle talks normal, that's not a thing that whatever they are, you know, does. It's just Yoda being a weirdo. And she spoke. We totally have a small normal. sample size, guys. We have a small sample size. But right if you now, go back and watch the original trilogy, th- he doesn't talk like that nearly as much as he did in the prequel trilogy or the clone wars cartoon he also doesn't talk much in the original trilogy where then in the clone wars cartoon they have him talk quite a bit more and and in the prequels i think they overdid it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue that but but it's a small sample size right there there are three known of the species and one of which at this point hasn't said a word still one third (laughs) <laughs> so one third talks weird so it's a small sample size man like anything can happen we'll, yeah. we'll make I'll, I'll i'll reserve my judgment on that when grogu starts speaking in 2045 <laughs> yeah it's like our conversation we had about uh chris pratt with uh you know the super mario show it's like they decided to go a bit more normal with his voice instead of going full you know it's a me you know the whole thing it's me mario exactly brent does the voice excellent uh they could have chosen brent actually for it but for an entire movie it probably would have uh it probably would have gotten a little overkilled uh so clone wars decided to go full yoda they 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 went all in on it they spoke backwards the whole time yeah um so yeah yaddle also voiced by bryce dallas howard director of mandalorian becoming a star wars regular here she loves it she loves she loves star wars and i i've thrown her name out there i've said a group of i've said the mandalorian group of directors should be able to direct the star wars movie all of them together they are a great team and i think they could make an incredible movie it'll probably cost a shitload of money but deborah chow do you think deborah chow has earned it no <laughs> she's directed she directed season one i think she had her, two, two episodes her, of season one and then she also was the showrunner for kenobi her mando episodes are really good and i think she would be a great part of the team the, absolutely like that's what i'm saying i think a collaborative effort of, okay. of those directors that round table that you saw from season one you could take taika what like you could take all these guys and, and girls and put them in a room together and for them to direct a movie, they'll make something incredible. It's automatic. It costs a lot of money. Um, so pretty much uh, for, for the tales of the Jedi notes, I mean, there's obviously a lot more to it. Um, you know, we had farmer Ahsoka later on and she fought that Sith Lord. Do you guys have any um, info on that Sith Lord that she fought? Cause I don't know anything about that. Was, was it a Sith Lord or just an Inquisitor? Or inquisitor, I mean. But inquisitor. it wasn't even like a normal Inquisitor. And that was like giving me like Darth Nihilus and like, I don't know, he was wearing a mask that was different from the other Inquisitors that we've seen. And Yeah. The, the bone know. face was odd to me. And when he was killed, it was the, the mask. Did the mask even shrivel up when he was killed as well? So it may not have been a mask, but I don't know. Like looking at it, part it was of his just body a, or something. It yeah. just looked interesting. I don't know. Like that was. But I do love the fact that 
Bail Organa was there. Bail Organa like helped her get away. Bail Organa helped that family relocate. And he finally said to her, are you ready? And this is where the timeline gets in my head. He's like, are you sure you want to join this fight? So theoretically, that Ahsoka episode, timeline-wise, could be happening right here when this Andor is going on. Technically could. And so that's just where, like, and I guess that's my that's my biggest problem with all of the jumbled up storytelling is the fact that trying to keep all that stuff straight. Yep. And that's where, that's where book, you know, people's book canon and people's live action canon and everything gets all jumbled up and everything. I mean, I saw a lot of people talking about how Ahsoka should have grabbed the sabers and they should have turned white. Uh, apparently, mm. I guess that happened in a book. Um, I think she has to like re-bleed them to make them white. I think that's yeah. the way it happened in the book, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I haven't read Ahsoka's novel, so I'm not like... In the novel, that, that was stuff. the sixth brother. Whether that's yeah. still the case or not, I don't know. But in watching it, again, I know I think about this too much. I've said it before when we uh, were talking about Kenobi. The Inquisitors, don't you just like feel bad about the Jedi that actually got killed by the Inquisitors? Because they don't <laughs> yeah, really they seem suck. that great. <laughs> I was ready Once for this battle. A, you know, a member of the A team, they're nothing. They're oh like God. I said, they're Team Rocket. <laughs> yeah, they, they had the flames going around. They had this standoff and everything. And I'm like, what's going to happen right now? Does Ahsoka ever, you know, that does she, does she have like some kind of lightsabers hidden on her or whatever right now? Which I've said I don't know Ahsoka's lore like the back of my hand. Um, I, I I didn't know if she was gonna act, if we were gonna see a lightsaber battle. Instead, we saw her, you know, hand block a couple shots, steal his lightsaber, and kill him immediately, basically. You know, that that guy looked awesome. The scene was awesome. She killed him in, like, five seconds. It's because she's done all the training because Anakin forced her to do all the training. That was pretty screwed up on Anakin's part, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he was kind Anakin of an ass. Like, yeah, NFL concussion protocol would not have been a fan of what Anakin was doing. They would not have liked that. You How know? long were That's you all out? I could how long were you out? An hour? Yeah, you can do it. Let's go back. Yeah. Get back to the training. Again. Didn't again. you feel bad for the clone troopers who had to stay in there all day, like waiting on her to wake up? It was like hour after hour. <laughs> all right. Time to shoot her again, boys. Let's go. Yeah, that that was but it was, it was cool. It, it was cool. But yeah, Anakin really pushed her. It was it was like a different side of the Clone Wars Anakin that we haven't seen, I honestly think. It, it was like a bit of a, it was a bit of a more adult situation, in my opinion. I don't know. It was, was that Vader? Was that the beginning? Like, was that an aspect of Vader? Or was that an aspect of like, hey, I didn't get enough training, so I, I got to try to get this into you? That To me, that goes back to, and I hate to bring it up once again, but if you go back and read like, the Revenge of the Sith novels. Book. Yeah. Or just the Clone Wars oh, novels. Oh, the novelizations? Are yeah. you talking about the novelizations? The Clone Wars no novels, you know, also. Anakin, like, kind of looked down on the other Jedi ability-wise. You know, um, you know, I can, there's 
when they go to get Palpatine, you know, he based Anakin basically says, I should have been here. This wouldn't happen if I was here. Right. And Kenobi's like, well, you know, he was surrounded by these masters who were are inventive and clever, you know. And he's like, Well, I can beat 10 inventive and clever masters with one hand tied behind my back. You know, that's the Jedi way. He would to me, he was teaching her. This was the final test to be Anakin's Padawan, not a Jedi Padawan. I'm sorry, Anakin's Jedi Knight, you know, his graduating student. Yeah. A level above the rest of the Jedi Knights. Yeah. And he more or less said that too, right? He's like, like she, she was like, are you proud of me? He's like, no, anyone can do that. Like, I need to see you do something more, like, right? Right. Like, so there's a part of me that likes that, but is that was that Vader in him, or is that just Anakin? Well, I and think his that's the, the Vader that has always been in him to be better than everyone else. You know, I mean, and think about it: the opening minutes of Revenge of the Sith, he saves Obi Wan. He basically flies Obi Wan's ship with his own ship. Mm-hmm. They they land on Grievous's cruiser. He rescues Palpatine. He kills Count Dooku. He lands a half of a cruiser that's never <laughs> just the, the it's not made bridge, to land. right just the bridge and you know the jedi are like well yeah you're still not a master well he basically just proved he's one of the most powerful jedi of all time but that's not what's important to be a jedi but to anakin that is what's important right yep yep and and i mean that's what that's what you see in dooku's storyline that kind of makes him start to turn that we saw honestly was him starting to question the council and saying, you know, what, what are we doing here? You know, hearing what other people are saying about them and thinking uh, you might have a point there, you know? Well, I mean, he sees corrupt, he sees corruption in the the first story. He sees the corruption of the Senator. He sees that this dude is like basically just there for his own money. He's put, and he is actually making these villagers taking from these villagers, putting their taking from their life. And this government is doing that to them. And he's complicit in it, right? Because he's supporting the government. So mm-hmm. I think there's that, right? So he's pissed off at the cor- the corp- uh, the corruption. And then in the second one, um, he finds out that there's the plot against the government. And I think that one guy right before the his partner tries to kill them and he gets killed. And I can't remember the exact words of it, but basically said, "Your the Republic is evil. Um, and you'll figure it out sooner or later or something like that. Like there was some sort of comment and Dooku really, it resonated with Dooku. Yep. And I like, that's what I like about the Dooku story were those types of things to see the turn. I like to see, like, you kind of see more detail of his turn and his fall. And I mean, even in the books that I've, that I remember hearing, you don't necessarily get that aspect. You didn't get that story you didn't get that mission with mace and then even also um mace the way they interacted right at the end also um with mace windu and dooku basically he said that yaddle or i think somebody gave up the seat so mace could have the seat oh no it's because the girl died and they knew and he said did you know that before we left he's like well you chose to go this route and i'll talk to the council because of who you are Basically, yep. he didn't answer the question, so he knew that he was going to be on the council prior, right? Yep. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I think Mace uh, had some prior knowledge to that situation, uh, but 
I I enjoyed I enjoyed seeing Qui Gon's perspective because Qui Gon is a different type of Jedi, and I mean I, I've learned it from Man, Master and Apprentice, which to me like really expanded on his character. Like he's just different, even though like you know he could have been part of the Council, whatever. Like he's just he's a different style of Jedi, and you know you can see the situations that he was in with Dooku where he saw, you know, this is how Dooku handled it. And like, you know, I understand this or that, but like, I understand what's right or wrong at the end of the day. And, you know, it's part of him. So, you know, if you guys, uh, and like, honestly, to wrap up Tales of the Jedi, unless you guys have more points, if you, if this would be the format, if they're choosing two Jedi to do it on, um, which I would love to see them expand this even beyond prequels, in my opinion. Like, I would like to see a Tales of the Jedi Luke Skywalker with Clone Wars animation. I think it would be badass. Like, do you guys have anybody that you would like to see uh, featured in this show? Because I have a feeling it's going to be a pretty big success when the amount of people who watch this comes out. And I think we're going to hear about it similar to Star Wars Visions. Like, I I think it's going to be something that we will see again. I would like to see it flipped and maybe do a Tales of the Sith. Oh, yeah. That would but, be excellent. Yeah, I mean, I we grew up loving Jedi. You know, I will be more than interested in more stories that pertain to the Jedi and their background. But I don't know. You're kind of limited here to the a team because once you get to the b team i don't know yeah. the story wouldn't be that great it doesn't <laughs> I got have beat the same by a battle droid well it, it doesn't have the same draw and it, it'll be a niche market like we run into when we talk about and right. i mean there'll be a whole host of things right because yeah. i mean you could do a kit fisto one right or a but, quinlan voss oh, yeah that'd, that'd be a good one yeah um i'm trying to think of some of the other ones that like who are some of the others like obscure jedis that i mean you go through the clone wars cartoon and there's i'm sorry animated television series there's a lot of jedi that you could pick out i I mean i can't really think of too many by name but i mean the the guy with the cane i'm sure he's got some good stories uh i've always do 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 you do clone stories because well, you bring there's it up not a whole time. lot of Jedi that aren't, you know, during the clone times, well, unless no, you go I'm back saying, to the, Republic, just, the old do you Republic. Do, do you do like a Jesse story? Do you do a, uh, do you do a Cody story? Do you do, um, man, uh, well, they all kind of came from the same place, but, um, I mean, I, I guess you could. Well, because when they get set off, like, so whoever Ayla Secura had as her commander, they all kind of get sent out into different locations mm-hmm. and they have slightly different battles. And I know the Clone Wars is basically all about those battles, but I was just wondering, like, I don't know, do you do like a little arc like that? Um, but I mean, so Kit Fisto was the one Man. that comes to mind. Kit Fisto is the only one that comes to mind. What if you combine uh, it with Kuhn, your idea like- and have clones and Jedis, like the Jedi generals and their commanders? Right. Oh, that could be something good. Man, think of all the action figures you can sell with that. 
and that's what that's the reason why I said do you do clones is because you always bring up the fact that with all of this stuff that they have with sequel trilogy, all the the Andor stuff, the Obi Wan, they're coming out with more reprinted clones, <laughs> more clones, and, right? They just keep pumping clones out, right? So because they're awesome, they are. I'll admit it, clones are right, awesome. right, and it's it's awesome to like you can repaint them and like just oh, you could do two packs, skin. the Commander and the Jedi General. I have an exclusive figure right here. It's an armless uh, Boba Fett. So there he is. What are you gonna do? Bleed all over me? Yeah, yeah. We're 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 still building the uh, we're still building the model here. Which I'm man, glad somebody caught that. I I thought maybe that died there for a second. Oh it's no, I I know I I know it's it's cut your arm off. No, you didn't. It's laying right the there. Nice say me. These Bondi models, you always build. Me. You always build the body, the head, and then the legs first. So every one of them, you you will just have. I just came in and changed the topic, but you will always have this figure with no arms yet. So we're almost done this one, and I'm super happy with the look. I'm gonna have to get that one. All right, Alfie, I, if you are... see it, buy it. Man. Okay, I, I I know we're talking Tales of the Jedi, and we're getting off track here, but I gotta bring up one thing. You know, I I went to Walmart yesterday. Yeah. Like, the out of the way Walmart. I had a few minutes and I thought oh, I can swing by this one real quick. See what we got. I mean, I, I'm I'm like the uh, the dad changing tires in a Christmas story. I've got it down to, you know, <laughs> we're in and out in seven minutes. You know, I, I'm the same way. I'm the same way with Target. So, I, I I tell my I, wife it takes me three minutes. I, I'm I'm there. I look. I'm out. You know. Yeah. I run in and they do have black series figures and I picked up the Lando in the uh, uh, skiff guard, which is an awesome looking figure. Uh, I that's put it one back. I'm... Oh, you did. Uh, I walked out of there without buying a star Wars figure. I don't know if, you know, I'm okay. Maybe I need to schedule a doctor's appointment or something, but the first the first step is acceptance. The first step is acceptance. Yeah. I almost did it. Oh, no, I it's denial. It Sorry. But... I almost did it with this. I was walking out with this, and I'm just like, I've been critical of this show, and I want this figure because there's elements of it that I like about it. I'm holding the Kenobi figure from the Kenobi show. I, I now, It's just... In my defense, to... go ahead. I have told my, my wife has asked me to please stop buying so much because... <laughs> There's nowhere left to put it in our house. And I filled up all my honey holes so far. And I now have a stack of figures out in the open in the garage. And it just keeps getting bigger. And that's dangerous in your situation. Yeah. You've got an un you've got a major unboxer in the house. Yes. You know. <sighs> so awesome. yeah, I mean, I, I I would say we've hit on uh Tales of the Jedi. If you guys think we missed out on stuff you can email us at roll the galaxy sw um but let's move on to uh andor guys and what i think is going to be a negative review from alfie because we started off with the good news and now i think we're moving on to the bad news um me personally i enjoyed this episode uh i like dialogue i've made that clear on this show <laughs> i i enjoy tension and building uh, which don't get me wrong, there has been a lot of that in this show. There has been a lot of things, you know. But here's one thing I will say about Andor. 
I have not been able to get my wife to watch The Mandalorian, any of these shows. And every every Wednesday night, she's there to watch Andor for some reason. And she has not watched any of this other stuff. And she's just like, all right, let's go. Like, she's interested in the different characters of this show, the story building of it, which she's a Game of Thrones fan, like stuff stuff like that. But for some reason, she's in to watch this Andor show. So... You know, I'm starting it off with that, but uh, first impressions of this episode, I'll start with Alfie. <laughs> what do you think? Okay, look, I'm just going to be honest here. This is a great episode. This is a great show. It really is. It's got great everything. Great script, great dialogue, great actors, great acting, great cinematography, great sets, great visuals, great effects. Everything but... is great. It's not entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see where you're going. This now. show was not loosely, and I say loosely here, based in the Star Wars world. I would have stopped watching this after like the second episode. I'm just being honest. I, I've trudged through it. And last week I was very positive on, I really hope, but this was one episode too many. And it's, something's got to happen there's got to be some payoff at some point in nine episodes or what is it eight episodes now eight right mm -hmm. it, yep, it's eight. just too long i would have stopped and there, there's a thousand other series to watch that would be a little more entertaining than this and i think one of the biggest problems that i have with it right now and you touched on it is the fact that house of the dragon is on at the same time and it's a lot very similar show as far as the way it's made but it is a lot more entertaining to watch yeah yeah the, the the dialogue and the and the situations in house of the dragon it always feels like a lot higher stakes like you could be sitting on the edge of your seat for people just talking to each other in that right um and i'm watching like, this episode you know of this prison and you know we're we're building up to a prison break we saw it in the trailer you could see Andor noticing the ineptness of the guards. He noticed where the boots were kept. He noticed that they don't keep a very tight schedule, that it's more ran by the work leader than that it is any of the guards. So, you know, a prison break's coming. Mm -hmm. But I'm sitting here watching this and I'm like thinking to myself, how long am I going to have to watch this to get to the prison break? <laughs> Next episode. You know, well, this is a three-episode arc. I, I, I was thinking was a, Brent, Brent's going to want to watch the world eight, burn. Nine, and 10, he's and then 11 the and 12 are supposed to be their own two-episode finale. I was thinking, so I know uh, like 10, uh, 11 and 12 were the same. I was thinking that this was a two-episode thing because last episode didn't have, it was like a non-episode. It was kind of like what he called, I mean, he kind of said it was a filler. It just wasn't part of an arc. Right. Um, and so that was what, seven? This is eight? Okay. So it would be a three episode arc. I apologize. So Prison Break will probably That's be, right. it'll probably be two episodes out. I was thinking that it was going to be the next one because I thought we were, I thought it was a two episode arc, just like the final was a two episode. You know, and, and I get it. And I hate to complain because I really do like the show. I, I like so many things about it. But it's just that not being entertained, and I know that's a silly thing to say, but with the small amount of time that I have to indulge things, 
this is not what I would choose to spend it on. It's just way too slow of a show. There's nothing yeah. that makes me want to come back. There's no cliffhanger. There's no, there's no strong draw. The only thing yeah. that's keeping me back is like just the intrigue, right? There's, but there's no, a hell, uh, the, the season episode nine, they take off in a dragon, right? Like there wasn't much going on, but they took off in a dragon. It was like, oh shit. Right. Yeah, like there was that there was kind of that oh shit moment or there was something like the heist is at this point the, the the epitome and that was the heist and the aftermath of the heist was we were like, oh, what's gonna happen now? Right. That was yeah. what kept you around. So that was episode six. We're now two episodes past that. Completely understand where you're coming from. And I do remember you saying similar things about Bad Batch when we were watching Bad right. Batch because it wasn't as entertaining as we wanted it to be. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely think that's a valid criticism of what's going on. Yeah, because there just isn't like a cliffhanger. There isn't something that's like. Now I think Star Wars fans are looking for some sort of reveal or looking for some sort of like twist at the end of every episode. I think there's some of that with this within the fan base. Just listening to the way people are responded to Boba Fett and responded to the Mandalorian because it seems like there's some sort of reveal. There wants some sort of like earth shaking thing that happens at the end. But I just need something that wants me to come back. Right. And it's not fair to compare the two because they're two different shows and they're two completely different styles of filmmaking. But I can rewatch The Mandalorian from start to finish, watch every episode. Sure, I might skip a few things here or there, but, you know, let's say, you know, I'm at home doing nothing. Hey, I might throw on the, the Luke episode. I do not see anything so far. And I, but it's eight episodes in. By now, there should have been at least one thing where I'm going to say, I want to go back and rewatch that. I can't wait to go back and rewatch this. Yeah, I, I, I actually agree with that. I mean, there, there should be more situations because, like, I think they're building a good story. It's similar. It's similar to me where, you know, you look at where Star Wars, you need to find that happy medium. I love the dialogue of Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon that show is able to survive on that stuff because they do it the right way. But then there's also some Marvel movies I'm watching in the newer phases where I'm just like, I was entertained by it, but story-wise, where the hell are we going? It's like that happy medium, medium between the two of them where it's like, you can have the best of both worlds. And I think this show is trying to do that. I feel like the credits roll on this show at times where I am just not expecting it to. When the credits rolled this week, I was like, what? Uh, okay. As you've, I've, as you've talked about cliffhanger wise or whatever, it's like, you know, getting into spoilers, whatever for this episode, you know, you probably could have even just ended this episode when that guy just decided to basically off himself on the floor in the jail cells. And that would probably leave you with a bit more curiosity for next week. Uh, rather than where it ended, I really don't, I, I just felt like it was just a very normal scene and then credits rolled. Uh, what, what was the, if you guys remember, I only got to watch it once, but I just remember last night being like, that was an odd point for this episode to end. If I remember correctly, he was just working on fixing whatever those yeah. star-shaped things were. Yeah, he just started working on whatever it is that they're building, which we were theorizing on that in our uh, group text today. But, you know, it just ended with them working and just like, all right, you know, on to so, the next one. So let's put it out there, because if somebody's listening to us, they might have their own pieces of information. 
when I was watching it, the, I, for some reason, my brain went to either the feet of the AT-AT, for whatever reason, I like the claw or the foot of the AT-AT, or I was thinking, well, if it's not, it can't, there's not that many AT-ATs in the Imperial, Imperial Force, then it must be some sort of like joining, like, so they're creating the bolt that holds the stuff together for Star Destroyers that's where my brain was at with that so i was i just, I just don't know where it's at right because obviously they're putting something together that looks like it, it's in a star shape um and it looks like it's some sort of an attachment piece so yeah. that's where i would that's what i try to come up with i don't know what do you guys think i i thought the same as you brent I, i'm going to go to alfie on this because i thought at at legs yeah I, I really had a actual fun time trying to figure this one out and i don't have a clear answer i really hope they give us an answer i thought maybe some part of the curve of the death star okay uh, where the i guess the the dish is at where the beam comes out maybe yeah. but it also looked like the part on the tie fighter wing where it connects to the strut but the thing that's got me kind of thinking differently is all the they were putting in the bearings and these pivot points right and that, that's where i thought it might be like the connecting part from the body of the probe droid to all the arms yep yeah that, that is so it would be the yeah. underneath part right and the arms so that like it, okay because those things looked i mean they're about six foot tall right i'm uh, mm -hmm. essentially um because they were the size of a human when they were finished by the time they put them onto the cart where the guy was pushing the cart they were about a six foot tall piece so i was thinking it was a little too big to be that when you brought that up in my brain i was thinking it's a little too big to be the probe droid but if it's the underneath of the probe droid, and like i said it could be a toilet seat or you know uh <laughs> the mechanism for the imperial washing machines or something you know on a star destroyer exactly but who knows could be plumbing yeah. Uh, hey, I'd be I'd be in with that. I mean, I like the assembly line idea of it. I thought it was pretty cool. Be, being a guy who works with tools every day, I did enjoy that. Right. I like that too. And I thought, what if it was like the, uh, I would say like the pump or the rotor for these pumps that you see outside the base that are constantly sucking the water down. So th that's not a bad call at all. Actually. The prisoners are actually making the device that keeps the prison running. Yeah, that's not a bad, that's not a bad call at all. And I mean, guys, at the same time, who the hell is their freaking sector leader? Andy Circus is in right. the freaking episode, which I thought he played Gollum? a good role in it. Yeah, he, he was a good role. Um, that guy is a great actor. I mean, He's if you think about it, he, he is a known, you know, you know, the, the special effects actor. He's been like every CGI character that we've known our entire lives. Absolutely. But he can actually come out from behind that and it's a great actor. He was He's great in the Marvel, Marvel movies. I was yeah. gonna say he's in Marvel. He's a Jeez. Marvel guy too. You owe me a Coke. <laughs> But no, yeah. I, I, oh, and, and then obviously there was somebody on my, one of my forums, it was like, oh, look, it's Snoke and we're getting a backstory for Snoke backstory now. For Snoke. I was hoping it would not be that when I saw him, I was, I, I, I did not see anything on Twitter about him or anything. And when I saw him, I was like, 
this better not be some Snoke stuff. Like, is I, that, I don't want that in this. I really don't. Is that the fan service you were referring to on Wednesday? Was no. Andy Circus? No. No. That's Melshi. Who's Melshi? Indoor's right hand man from Rogue One. You didn't even pick it up, did you? No. No. Yeah, the if you think back to Rogue One, the guy who led all the troops onto Scarif, planted all the bombs on the landing pads, and then Andor calls him. They're inside the base, him and Jen Erso, and he says, Melchi, Melchi, light it up. Interesting. Okay. And he's one of the guys on his building team? He's one of the guys on his building team. No shit. You all said right. he was going to recruit. That. Well, th- there's there's also some stuff going on inside this prison. We saw sign language being sent from the tubes, mm-hmm. you know, once he was getting deeper into this and he was having that, oh my God, I can't believe I was just in, you know, Star Wars Miami doing my thing and here I am now. You know, yeah. like there, there, he, he, this show, if there's one thing it's wanted to do, it, it's they want to show that Andor doesn't miss out on anything. He does not miss right. out on a weakness in your guard. He does not miss out on people who are trying to plan the same thing that he wants to do because obviously he wants to get the hell out of this place. Um, so is Melshi one of the guys who was doing like involved in that kind of stuff or like I, I, I'm trying to think. I saw one guy's name was Ham. Ham. <laughs> That's subtitles. my favorite. His, his name is Ham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw that on Twitter today because I make my wife turn off the subtitles. Okay. And uh, one guy that's in their group, let me find it here. Oddliff, I think the old guy that's in their group. He reminds me of 99. Okay. That is yeah. Chris- Christopher Fairbank. And you have to go back to 1989 Batman. He's the guy at the beginning of the movie that Batman held up and he said, who are you? And he said the classic line the first time, I'm Batman. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so he's obviously the weak point in their group. And I know that Andrew is probably going to, you know, chip in and help him. to. (laughs) No, he's going to kill him. Do you think so? I mean, mean, he's only got like 50 days left. What the old guy only had fifty days left? Yeah. I, I thought circus, fifty shifts. I thought circus was no, like he's like, got like two hundred and stuff. Yeah, and you're not gonna mess with me, right? So if you think about it, that poor old guy was close to like days away from getting out, and then they doubled their sentences. Mm-hmm. And and one to me, one of the best lines of this was when everybody was kind of talking it up, and they're like. They're like, come on, ask him about it. You know, they're asking people to ask Andor what's going on since he's, you know, the new guy on the group. And and they're like, what'd you do? And he's just like, nothing. I didn't do anything, you know? Uh, they're asking him what's going on out there about the rebellion. And, you know, he's kind of playing stupid, whatever. I think he's just still shell-shocked that he's in this situation that he's in. Um yeah, so it's interesting. You can tell the guys in there do not want to be in there. They want to get the hell out. And as Alfie said, with the trailer, we know they're going to. And with the storyline, we know about Andor. Yeah, it's a get out at some point. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, when they first get to the prison, well, actually, before they get to the prison, when they're standing in line 
on Space Miami, sorting everybody out. The guy in front of Andor gets sent to Belsavis, which is a planet from the 1995 novel Children of the Jedi. And that was a ice planet that the Jedi sent Padawans to to escape the purge. Interesting. The shore troopers are voiced by Sam Witwer. Really? Yes. Oh, that jacks me up. I love Sam Witwer. He's the when they get to the prison, he says that the floors are tungstoid steel. And that's from a 2009 Fate of the Jedi novel called The Abyss is where that uh, was first mentioned. Yeah, and they're evil human beings because they just take pleasure in watching them get tweaked. Yep. Did you notice that the boots all have an imperial insignia on the bottom of them? Because no, I kind of want—I kind of want a pair now. They, I just thought that they looked like Jordans. They were looking it, like Star Wars, and Jordans. they were orange, which was kind of yeah. odd. Yeah, it. they had like an orangeish color. Yep. Can we talk about? Walk, can we talk ahead. about my boy slap face for a minute? Yes, slap face. So, Let's get on him. So I have slap face in my notes. I have written <laughs> down a slap face. I love Joe called him flat slap face as well. So Cyril, man, uh, like he gets pulled away by some Imperial officers and there's a part of him that's like, oh shit, they're coming. Like, like there's gotta be this internal, like they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna help me redeem myself. Um, she takes him and she's like, all right, so what are you, what are you not telling us about this report? And he's like, I don't even know what the report is. She said, you signed off on it. Well, yeah, I was forced to sign off on it, right? He helps her. He goes through, tells her all the information that he, that he knows. And I think he thought, and I thought this too, that she would bring him on as an underlinger to help out. Mm-hmm. And, and she just got the information she needed. And she's like, nah, go. Like, we're going to move on without you. And I, I thought he was going to get brought back in. And I think he thought so, too, because that's what he was standing up at the end, trying to plead his case. Like, look, I know this stuff. Like, bring me on. Bring me along. And she was like, nah, nah, I'm moving on. Which yeah. I just thought, it's, I thought she was going to have a heart, but she just proved herself to be an imperial. And see, like with this scene, this is one of the things I'm talking about. We're in episode eight. I would have thought that would have happened a lot sooner than this. As we're really running out of time here for them to go back to Ferrix and start putting the pieces to this puzzle to find Andor together. But yeah. But they really they didn't need to find on. Andor until they didn't need to find Andor until six. Because they didn't think that there was anything, they didn't think that there was any connected rebel organization, right? right. So I'm just saying it's it's been eight episodes. We all know that Cyril and Deidre are going to join forces at some time. It's like, can we get there and move on to something else? But I don't know if they're going to join forces. Is what I'm getting. I like I'm now under the impression that she's done with him because she got the information that she needed. Now he's not done because it's still eating at him because he feels right. like he's gonna he's gotta go get take vigilante justice out on so that him. means we have at least one more episode with him trying to get right. involved into the Imperial investigation. Yeah. 
Either that or or it's done. And what Brent said, he's just going to go out on his own and do this stuff because apparently working at his station, he's just screwing around. He will let down the family if he does that. Yeah, that's true. But I don't think he'll care at this point. I I think he's just going to be like, screw it. I I really don't care. He cared about the family. He would have taken the job from the jump and he tried to do what he wanted to do. That's why mom slapped him because she's like, look, you fell back to me. He tried to go out on his own and he didn't want to. He doesn't want the family. He doesn't care about the family and embarrassing the family. And at this point, all he cares about is Cassie Nandor. What would you say? She said he requested information on him like seven to six times seven actually (laughs) (laughs) yeah because he wasn't even there to be of any use she just wanted to know why he kept filing false reports right and she told him to stop at the end of it so yeah but then she goes back to that planet and and there she is torturing you know she's on to bix she's on to his other buddy uh who you know was uh you know another close friend of Andor's, I would say. Bix walked into the room and saw him tortured and Deidre was like, what the hell are you doing? Right, how about that play, though? Like, they're like, do we want to move him before? Yeah, that was was good. She's like, no, leave him here, right? Like, and so then as soon as Bix comes in, it's like, what is he doing here? Get him out of here, right? Basically, like, making sure Bix sees what they just did to him so she knows that I mean, it's a psychological game that she's playing with, but it was awesome. I liked that. Yeah. I like her character. I mean, I like a lot. I like a lot of these characters that they're introducing us to in this. I really do. I mean, I I do agree with Alfie's point that there's things that could be moving faster. I mean, honestly, to me, this prison episode for Andor could have been like the Mandalorian season one heist episode with Bill Burr where it's like a one episode arc where it's like, all right, this is where you're at. And you get out of it. And at the same time, and you introduce these characters in this situation and this storyline, but you can get out of it in one episode. And I mean, we're probably going to get two out of it where it's like, you know, I did think heist wise on that, you know, Highlands planet, we were going to get, you know, maybe two episodes out of that and it turned into three. So Things are definitely getting strung out a little bit longer in this, but I am, I am still thoroughly enjoying it. I'll say, because I, 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 I like go into job. it with lower expectations. I'll say, like that's kind of like I don't know if action's going to happen this week, which kind of sucks at the same time, you know. But it's spread out. It's, it's a spread out storyline, and I, I get it that it is slowly trudging along. But I do think it's going to pay off big time, and I'm hoping for that. I'm on the hype train on that. I'm 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 the conductor now. I'm the conductor on the hype train now. I will just say that I felt the same way about Game of Thrones until season three. I felt like Game of Thrones trudged along and was very, was very much like this until it hit it hit the Red Wedding, and then the Red Wedding. I felt like things changed, but that's me. Yeah. I didn't know the books. I only know the movies. I only know the TV show. So again, and we make this comparison, this is very Game of Thrones-like. Like there is, there is a, yep. it is the intrigue, it's the dialogue, it's the spy thriller. It's, if you're into the Game of Thrones, you're going to love this show. Like that's, I feel like that's the case. If you're into the Pew Pew Adventure, uh, Buddy Cop, Ra, 
I'm trying to think of a, like a, a movie, like just blow them up, shoot them. Then you're probably going to be turned off and not as inter- entertained for sure. Yes. Which those are nice too. It's like, I'd like the best of both worlds, you know? And I do think this could, I think this could add another dash, you know, it just needs a little bit more flavor of action, which I think would be good uh, for it. But I, it, I still am locked I mean, it's in, just so. not necessarily action. It's just going somewhere, getting something done rather than mm-hmm. just keep, it's like the this story, like I just said with Deidre and uh, Slapface, this has been going on for like four episodes. Go somewhere with this and go move the story i get it it's good but that doesn't mean it's necessarily entertaining to watch yeah yep yep so um another point uh in this show we have bix going on to the uh call signal to try to call out to see where the hell andor is because his mom is trying to start the rebellion on this planet um bix is sending the signal uh luthan's uh i i hate to call her luthan's secretary i know she has a name uh, and i don't want to call her luthan's secretary but it's like, not she, it's, it's clea it's not it's not leia it's clea 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 is uh there and she's saying you're getting weak you need to chill the hell out like we're we're in this stuff you're gonna get your ass caught and then we have Luthen and Saw Gerrera meeting up with each other. So what 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 were you guys' thoughts on uh, that stuff? I mean, the Saw Gerrera conversation, as I said, I only, I only saw this episode one time. I wish I could have watched it twice because I felt like there was a lot that happened conversation-wise with Saw Gerrera because what, like, what, what was Luthen's main goal of meeting with Saw Gerrera? He's trying to, is he trying to get information as to where Andor is from him? Does he think that Saw Gerrera possibly knows or he's trying to sell him for information it's like i i I thought he was trying to get air support for another uh like uh mission that he was yeah that he was setting up yeah that's why i i I couldn't remember because that conversation happened so fast to me i'm just like one day later i'm just like what i think it was was also you know a little uh, not in so many words test between the two I think it was Luthen testing himself is this actually going to happen are we going to come together and fight or is everyone else's self-interest going to stand in the way and he tried yeah. to sell him on a job that Saul's uh, he didn't care for the person that was in charge of it and it wasn't worth what uh, Luthen was offering yeah so Luthen, uh, Luthen's making deals with Saw Gerrera and it's, it's like, and those, it's like, we're, we're probably going to see those two sides of the rebellion pan out because Saw Gerrera is extre- hardcore extremist when it comes to the rebellion. And it seems like Luthen is trying to plan it out the Mon Mothma way. So that was definitely interesting. Um, what do you got, Brent? Mon Mothma's boy is going to get killed. He's going to do something. He's going to get caught and he's going to get executed. Like yeah. that dude, I don't, that dude, the, the banker, banker, the banker, the I don't, think, I don't think that banker is long for this world. I think that dude is going to get hemmed up in something because he's trying, 
he's trying and they're tightening the graphs and they're being a lot more overbearing and there's a lot more oversight and it's not going to work. And I, I just see him getting caught up and, and I don't think he'll turn in Mon, but I think he'll bite the bullet, but I think he will get axed. That's my prediction. Did you guys think in this episode, um, the way the daughter questioned almost her time with him and the way her husband did, did you guys think that they were, that this might personally be me? But did you guys think that it implied that they think something's going on with her and him, you know, relationship wise, that she's like having an affair with him or something? Because I personally felt that way. I felt like she was like, you know, why why do you care where he is? You know, like you're spending all this time with him, like whatever, you know, and she knows her parents have this disconnected relationship. I, I kind of caught that. I agree. Because he was similar. This is another thing, you know, just like with the Deidre slap face. I mean, I think we, it feels like we keep having the same scene in each episode between these three or four characters. I get we're building something here. You know, there's going to be her daughter or her husband making a mistake that's going to open up a bigger door as far as exposing the rebellion or something much larger than what they think is just an affair. But my goodness, could we please get there? You know, it's the same scene over and it over is. again. It is actually. You're it's not, different. You're not it's wrong. a different dinner party. It's a it different- is, but it's the same awkward like scene between the family. It's just like, it we is. get it. You've established this. Let's. Yeah. Move this, move the story a little bit more. Yep, I agree. Um, looking at my notes here, as far as this episode goes, I mean, pretty much, I think we've hit on most of the points. I mean, the Empire is laying their iron fist down right now, and we're seeing it. You know, Andor is stuck in the middle of it, and uh, Luthen and the rest of the gang are trying to stay away from it. And Luthen seems okay. It's funny to me how like it does kind of suck, but Luthen's like, we want them to torture people basically so they see how bad right. they're going to be. Yeah. We need the reaction to be way overbearing. Yep. And uh and then as far as the next episode goes, I mean to me it's just jailbreak. Next episode is jailbreak, and that's uh I don't know what the hell else story storyline wise will happen, but I know Andor is gonna probably get the hell out of there next week. And what he does next, I don't know. And how people are going to find out where he is, I don't know either. Because I don't know if he told mom where he was going because he said, I'll be back in the day. So I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. And, you know, I'm really hoping with, you know, with these slow burn shows like this, because I keep thinking back to like uh, Breaking Bad, how like there would be some significance to this little item that would come back you know and it made me think of that case that he left on top of the shower is it still there is it still full of money did you know did the girl in the room find it uh there's his little jason Bourne spy kit was in there with all of his ids and stuff i don't know how will he get off the planet it's an imperial planet Uh, it's going to be all imperial ships you would think as soon as he leaves space he's caught uh but last episode, we saw a Star Destroyer show up over the where they did the heist. But somehow the 
Sista, Sista got off the planet. No, no problem whatsoever. Yeah. And how about Val and Sinta hanging out on Freex trying to find as much information as they can about Andor and like the cell that was building and that crew. And then yeah. basically Val wants to get the hell out because she's like, dude, this is like, this isn't necessarily what I thought it was. And Senta's like, no, this is life or death. Like, we have to, like, basically, if you love me, you'll keep doing, you'll keep fighting. Yeah. But I can't help but to think, how how is anyone there going to know what Andor did? Because he basically went off, found a woman, and went on vacation and didn't tell anybody about it. And now he's stuck on this prison. So it's like the only way that they're going to find out where he is to me is if the Empire finds out who he is. Uh, I I don't I, I don't know you know coming but, up but that but that's the last known place that they have right so that's the information you got to start there if you're going to if you're going to do a if you're going to be a bloodhound and you're going to do a manhunt you got to start with your last known location yeah and maybe his mom will maybe his mom will say you know oh he's gone to this place before when he's gotten some money so maybe she'll know that he went there and wound up in this prison I don't know. I mean, I'm. I think the prison escape is going to be solid, and I'm hoping we're going to get K2SO discovery pretty soon. That was the other part that I thought they were making too. Like first time that I saw it, until I saw them making stars, I thought they were making the K2 droids. And I, yeah. in my head, like just I like before they showed all the pieces, I was like, oh, they're making K2 droids. Maybe this is how he gets and makes K2, right? So I was thinking maybe as he was working, he does some little fiddly and inputs some sort of information into and programs Take, them differently. Takes a little piece back to a cell every day, puts it together, makes his best buddy. Right. But then it Do turns out think, that it's something else. Yeah. Do you think uh, he's going to have to off Andy Serkis in this, by the way? Do you think he's going to have to take him out to get out, or do you think Andy Serkis is going to join in with them once he's No, he's going to have to gun smoke him. I mean, we're said slap face. I was waiting to try to work in a gun smoke. I've been waiting for like an hour to work gun smoke in. <laughs> no one got gun smoke this week. No one got gun smoke. No. But someone's getting gun smoked in the future. We know it. We know that's going to come. So I'm telling you, I think yeah. it's the banker. I think the banker's going to get it. Yeah, I could see I, that. I, I could see it too. I could definitely see that. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're trudging along here. I'm enjoying it. I'm not like, uh, I don't know. I don't have many yeah. negative thoughts about the show, honestly. I, I get it though. Like I, I do think they could do some things differently while building this environment that they are. It's different. It's definitely different. It, it was definitely it, different. I mean, this episode looked like somebody took a hit of acid and watched THX 1138. Yeah. And then at the same time was listening to Stranger Things and decided to put all of those weird late 70s, early 80s synthesizer creepy sounds in it. Okay, what yeah. about the, like you mentioned the, the, um, the not the logo, but when the logo comes on, the yeah, theme the song, opening theme, the, how it changes every was, week. I didn't, like, I honestly never picked up on it until this one. And I was like, what the hell is the theme? Like that is nowhere With the, near like, the same. It sounded like a hammer banging in the background. It was weird. It was yeah, synthy, yeah. was it? It was like a synthesizer. It was just I 
that is always lost on me. The music is not something that I pick up on when you talk about like Yoda cues or Ahsoka cues or like all of those theme music, like that stuff doesn't. Why do you always make it seem like I'm the one that the only one that I say you guys, I said, you guys, (laughs) when I was on with, uh, what is it? Uh, the Duchess, the Duchess talks about it too. Like that's the one that I, when I, that's who I was thinking about when I was talking about it was like the Duchess picks up on it. One of the, one of the guys that I was playing star Wars Legion with on the weekend was talking about like the sound cues. It's like sound is so lost on me, but I will say the intro caught me like completely like what the hell that's like, I was expecting a similar intro and it was not the same. Yeah. It's different every week. And there's a different sound that stands out every week. Some one time it was a piano, another episode, it was like real loud percussion. So do you think it's the same one? They're just heightened like the same theme, but they're just heightened in different pieces of it. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not totally sure. I just know that this soundtrack is different than any other Star Wars content we've ever gotten because the Mandalorian follows a very similar theme throughout. You know, you you think about movies where their themes mix together, even for different scenes, whether it's uh, like Harry Potter or obviously Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, things like that, Game of Thrones. Themes differ, but they sound similar. Uh, this one changes a lot for this show. As Alfie said, you know, you could go from drums like hitting to like then then like, you know, maybe some violin to then maybe some piano like this one. It changes all. all Wasn't around. it the first episode that had like a metal like. Oh, yeah. Sound when he was walking it? through that yeah. scrap yard. It was like it was like hardcore drums. I was like, holy shit, this is different. Um, and I me, just like, noticed this episode. There were so many like it just sounded like an episode of stranger things the that sound it makes when you transition from scene to scene yeah i'm like i'm on the bandwagon of to me a theme can make or break a show in my opinion um i don't think the rings of power you know scores are memorable at all to me the lord of the rings soundtracks are some of the favorite things i've ever listened to I'll be doing a plumbing project and I'll be listening to the fellowship of the ring soundtrack where I'm just listening to Howard Shore's music and people walk in and be like, what the hell are you listening to? I'm just like, uh, Lord of the Rings. Like I I'm all in on that. I think it's one of the things that makes game of Thrones next level, because I think Raman, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Raman Jawadi or whatever, however you pronounce his name produces some of the best soundtracks for that show as far as what the mood is in that show and uh, john williams obviously is the goat of that so you can you can go you can just go through his catalog yeah, and play everything. but you know you, like you saying make or break a series think about all the hoopla we made about him coming back for kenobi and i i honestly can't tell you anything about that music i no. And Howard Shore did the intro to Rings of Power, similar to what John Williams did with Kenobi. And I can't tell you that Howard, I skipped the intro on Rings of Power, but that's another story for me. I plan to do a Rings of Power episode and bring Adam Bray on for it because I know that he has strong opinions on it. I want to hear what he has to say about it. That's that's for that's for uh, that's for Rule the Galaxy After Dark, though. That's that's yeah, that's for the other world. We can't have that here. Yes. So, um, 
Yeah, so I think we hit on pretty much all of our points uh, tonight. Do you guys got any any uh, final thoughts on anything we're hitting uh, tonight? Any other topics or anything? Nah, I just want to see the world burn and let's like let's put the uh, episode yeah. twelve is when you're gonna get the prison break. Exactly. I I knew you were gonna say that. You're gonna <laughs> want three episodes on prison. I I think yeah. I think it's ten, but. You know, and I, I keep saying I, I don't want to sound too negative because I do like this show. Uh, I watch it. I usually watch it twice, but I'm I want to love it and I don't. If it was like I said, if it wasn't Star Wars, I would not have made it this far watching this show. I mean, I feel you, I hear you saying the same thing, like it's in the bad batch region as far as quality for you. Cause I feel like you said very similar things when we were talking bad batch and bad batch reviews. Yeah. I don't need another rogue one. I don't expect the rebel fleet to come out, you know, over scare if I don't expect a Darth Vader hallway scene, but I just, it needs just a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think slight tweaking wise, it could probably definitely be even better than it is. But like compared to some of the other, like to me, I like this show better than Kenobi, which is insane yeah. to me. Nine out of ten categories, this has got a solid ten, and it's just that tenth category, which is entertainment value, and I, I that's where I feel it's lacking. Yeah, and maybe that's I, there. You could I. I'll take it if you say I'm a, a shallow person or something, but I just don't have time to commit to a show like this if yeah. it's not Star Wars. Yeah, I'm I agree. I'm going to find I mean, something a little bit more entertaining to watch. Take that and multiply it by 10, and that's Rings of Power, where basically you watch an entire I, season of a show yeah. and essentially nothing happened. If I hadn't got paid to watch that show, I, I wouldn't have finished it. <laughs> I said that to my wife, probably episode five or six. I said, if this did not have Lord of the Rings name attached to it, will yeah. we still be watching this show? Absolutely. I'm sitting at work with, you know, a, a lot of free time getting paid to watch, you know, stuff because I'm, I'm a mechanic. It's like being a firefighter other than no right. fires. Okay, I know it <laughs> just metaphorically. Okay. It's a lot of sitting around waiting for something to happen. So I've watched a lot of series on the clock and i struggled to watch that one yep it was it was so that's why andor is not to me it's not there it's not there it's i i think it's building a good story i think we i think it's introduced some good new characters that i'm excited to see what happens in the long run here and i think there is going to be similar to rogue one i think there is going to be some crazy stuff that happens to finish this season off probably some twists and turns we might not expect but i'm i'm still holding out hope for this show that it's really going to knock it out by the end of it of season one um so well when mando shows up for two episodes it's really going to turn the corner (laughs) what if they bring in boba fett for this one though what if they decide to say let's do you know, Boba Fett, you know, 1.5 mm. on this one, you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Well, then again, yeah, then again, timeline wise, it doesn't make sense, whatever. I, Nobody's going to come in and save the day. The He's going to leave yeah. Tatooine and come in and save the day. 
<laughs> exactly. Anyway. You know, time-wise, I'm just going to drop this out because it's never going to happen. But time-wise, because you have you, Lauren, there in that room, and he's on a data pad, you could theorize that he's talking to somebody who is also dealing with the rebel incursion at this point. Thrawn? And that would be Thrawn. Yeah, is this is this this wouldn't be no because isn't that's towards the end of rebels. This is right around the beginning of rebels, isn't it? Well, yeah, but Thrawn didn't join the empire in rebels. True. But he wasn't I, dealing I, with the rebel incursion. But the, the rebels knew who they were or who he was as soon as he showed up. True. I would I wouldn't be surprised to hear a Thrawn name drop in this i think that would be pretty awesome we're going to we're going to have a visual shot of vader and palpatine at some point in this show and you know i'm betting money on no, it book it i'm betting I know we're trying to end i'll this. take that bet i'll take but that bet. one thing that i was disappointed with was that we did not see that special senate session with palpatine mm, in I know. this episode mm-hmm. even if it was even if it was him as a hologram i wouldn't even care you know and I, there's been too much mention of Palpatine for us to not at least hear his voice or see him at one point. I think we will see him at one point. I think so. You don't get that guy dressed up uh, that way and not just go ahead and shoot some footage. You've got the technology. I don't think yeah. they did it. We're going to see it at some point. I don't we're think going so. To see, we're going to see Vader. Or Palpatine at one point book don't it. Don't think so. Don't think so. I don't think, I think so. Either. I don't send think it in to your send him send it in. It's gonna happen. I think Palpatine, not Vader. But uh, then I again, would, why not? I would lean I would lean more towards Palpatine than I would be. All right. We've tried to wrap it up three times now. At this right. point, at this yeah, point I just got a text actually from my wife that said it's eleven. Shut the <laughs> I F hear up. clock calling. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, that is uh, that is Rule the Galaxy, Chapter 176. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you ever want to email us, you can find us at rulethegalaxysw at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at rulethegalaxysw. You can find us on YouTube, Rule the Galaxy Podcast. You can find us on TikTok, Rule the Galaxy Podcast. And you can find us on Etsy, Rule the Galaxy Podcast, all caps. I'm pretty sure I hit all of them right there. So Nicely done. This- Yes, from D-Doc, from Brent, from Alfie. Until the next time, may the force be with you. Mm-hmm.